Hello, true crime addicts. I'm Taylor. And I'm Kara. And this is A Latte Murder, a podcast where we have no idea what we're doing. But we continue to do it anyway. Grab a cup of caffeine. And join us for a latte fun. Here we go. Hello. Hello. How are you, Kara? Good. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Recording this a day late. My fault. I know it is your fault. How dare you celebrate Valentine's Day with your husband? <laughs> yes, and <work>. early, <laughs> early. Sorry, it's, it's the only day we could do it because actually it's not. It was only well, it was the only day we could do it at that restaurant because they had reservations only Friday. Selfish! <laughs> How dare you? Doesn't John know that Fridays uh, are podcasting days? Fridays are for the podcast. Doesn't he know this? No. Wow. You know what? It might be time. <laughs> to call it quits. Cut him loose. He clearly doesn't care Five about, in. about your ambitions. Any longer than Kim Kardashian. True. Yeah. Literally just my chair. Your chair that I'm sitting in. Yeah, we're at my house this week. Yeah, that's why I procrastinated. In a few months, we'll be at my new house. <gasps> yeah, Kara. I went apartment looking. hunting. Yeah, but this she's week. moving. Well, I mean, I guess it's not further from me than you are now. It probably is a little further. Yeah, because it's like 25 minutes from me. Mm-hmm. And you're already for It's probably a good distance. Probably like 40 minutes. It might be mostly expressway, though. Yeah. It's the same route I probably travel now. Yeah. Which is fine. It's okay. It's going to make the podcast harder, Kara. <laughs> well, then we'll just have to do, like, sleepovers. Yeah. Podcast days. Bring a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. Make some margaritas. Maybe, maybe your spare bedroom will be the new the po- It'll be a new office slash exercise slash podcast room. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. That's where we can put all our fan art. Perfect. All of our fan art. Yeah. Maddie's. Yeah. Maddie's thing. <laughs> All our fan art. We get so much. We got so much. Speaking of fans. Oh, yeah. We got an email mm-hmm. from somebody I don't know personally, of course. <laughs> no, of no, course not. No, of course not. not. No. So, my friend Brandy emailed us mm-hmm. yesterday and yeah. said, I easily could have texted Kara, <laughs> but this will make you guys feel famous. I just finished episode seven, and you said no one emails you guys, so here we are. One of my favorite effed up things to research, which obviously has a ton of conspiracy theories circulating it, is Epstein and his island and the famous people connected to him. Obviously, th- this gets into super dark territory and is a ton, in all caps, of work to unpack. But if you're really grasping at straws one week and have extra time on your hands, never. There (laughs) you go. Who has extra time? Not me. (laughs) I hope I win a trophy for being your biggest fan considering I wrote your first email. Can't wait for next week. Y'all killing it. Clearly your number one fan, Brandy. (laughs) Thank you, Brandy. Thank you, Brandy. So sweet. (laughs) That is an interesting topic to, Mm -hmm. to dive into. That'll definitely be a milestone episode <laughs> that's what we keep saying about everyone we're like, we're like maybe 10 we'll t- 50 200 we're like 10 ted bundy uh <laughs> zodiac uh yeah we'll see <laughs> when we get to those but yeah i don't know much about that whole situation i want to watch the netflix series yeah when that came out everyone was talking about it i'm like i don't really know anything yeah. about it so that'd be fun to do mm-hmm. maybe in the summer. <laughs> yeah. When I when end school. <laughs> when there's time. Yeah. Yeah. So many things I want to get to. I was just telling John, I'm like, there's so many. He, like, took pictures or put on my list on Netflix a bunch of documentaries, crime documentaries he saw. He's like, oh, look, I, s- I saw some crime documentaries I wanted to show you. I'm like, that's so nice, but 
I wish I had time I know. <laughs> to watch them. I know. I came home from work yesterday, and then I had to leave right away and go watch my cousin's dogs. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was good we didn't podcast yesterday. Yeah. But he was like, yeah, I was talking to mom, like, Kara's going to be so bored when she gets out of school. And I'm like, no. No. I'm going to come home from work, make some good food. <laughs> Actually spend time crack, cooking. <laughs> crack open a bottle of wine. Yep. Have a glass mm-hmm. and just sit my butt on the couch and watch TV. Yeah. Every night. And not worry. Every night. About anything. <laughs> no. People will be like, you want to do something? I'll be like, no. No. But you have so much more free time. Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to sit my butt on this couch. <laughs> yeah. Get all the shows and movies and books. out of the way that you want to watch. Still not done with Salem's Lot. I know. I see it right over there <laughs> in the same spot probably as last time. No, no, no. <laughs> I read I read this week. Good job. Like one day. Well, I just started Misery, another Stephen King book, and I've only gotten like 50 pages in, and I started last weekend, so that's pretty that's l- slow for me. Well, yeah, that's slow for you. That yeah. would be like a dream for me. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm reading, but who knows when I'll get to read it, because I'm dying. Yeah, I know. My you're, having, <laughs> you're having a rough rotation these four weeks. Yeah, just a lot of work, but oh well, PA school is what it is. You picked it. I picked it. You picked it. I'll be done soon. I feel like this is the most, like, rundown I felt in PA school. Yeah. I don't know why. It's hitting me now. Like, at the end of classes, I felt, like, when I was getting towards the end of my classwork, I was like, I'm ready. Now I'm ready. <laughs> I know. I got 13 weeks left. 13 mm-hmm. weeks left. Counting down. I am. You act like you don't know. You're it's like, 13 hmm, weeks. Maybe 13. I have 13 weeks left. <laughs> And I'm expecting to get my test date for my boards mm-hmm. in the next by the end of the month at least. So I feel like I will have my test done in March. Yeah. And if we ever have to take a break <laughs> from the podcast. It's because I'm freaking out and yeah, studying. We both and... have a lot of stuff to do. And I'll have boards in the fall. Well, early summer. Yeah. Or late summer, early fall. So we'll be busy. We can't always put the podcast first. Sorry, guys. But we'll post if we can't do them because y'all care yeah <laughs> no one you're all care. waiting you're all waiting on instagram just <laughs> well brandy is waiting yeah so just for the sake of brandy we'll tell you yes brandy we'll let you know <laughs> all right well what are you drinking today kara white mocha <laughs> why do you say it like that? because it's what i drink every week i know but the audience doesn't know that white mocha every week no you're gonna have a different one eventually no well, I shouldn't say no. Yeah. But no. Sometimes we drink at-home coffee, though. Like, yeah, when you forget to pick up coffee. But today I didn't. I got larges and the right coffees. <laughs> I'm drinking a white chocolate mocha as well, which is different. And I added caramel syrup, which I is did what Kara did last, week, last yeah. week. But that's my If my you guys thing. are, you know, keeping track. Yeah. <laughs> You're tallying. Nobody cares. <laughs> no. <laughs> Like, oh my god, writing down Kara had uh, white chocolate mocha tally <laughs> every time. At this point, I would have had seven. Yeah. Because this is episode Yeah, but eight. you had a caramel brulee the I one know. time. So seven. And then we had coffee at your house one time. Oh, so six. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Freaking caramel brulee. I didn't even get a chance to drink yeah, it. Yeah, you barely drink it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm so sad <laughs> still. Well, let's just get started and jump right in. All right. Who'd you pick this week? So this week was my pick, and I picked. Beverly Allett. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. <laughs> she is a 
American. No, not American. No, she is not American. <laughs> she is a British. Is that correct? British? Is it? It's in England. It's yes. She's Britain's most notorious female Britain, yes, I was serial killers. British serial killer. Mm-hmm. So, similar to someone we already have done, she has a nickname. <laughs> the, the Angel, Angel of Death. Death. <laughs> Donald Harvey episode three, where you at? Yeah. I'm like, because I told my mom when we did Donald Harvey, I was like, oh, he's named the Angel of Death. She's like, pretty sure a lot of people have that. <laughs> like a lot of serial killers yeah. have that name. It's just because people that work in like healthcare medical care, yeah. That kill people are called this. Yep. Don't but do Donald that. Harvey was in America, so she's the British yep. angel of death. Yep. All right, so a little background. She was born on October 4th, 1968 in England, and I added this in just for you, Kara. She's a Libra. <laughs> I saw that too. I was like, oh no. Kara's a Libra. <laughs> so, not a good rep for Libras. It's okay. I'm not going into medicine. <laughs> so, yeah. No, just. Mental health. Just mental health. <laughs> Not medicine at all. For you, like, you are unable to prescribe, but other people in mental health can prescribe, yeah. so. Dang psychiatrists. But you can get in people's heads. That's true. If you have that power. I do that well. Yeah. <laughs> I like picking out people's nonverbals. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, are you anxious right now? And they're like, no, but their leg is like yeah. shaking to no end. And I'm like, really? <laughs> You're not nervous. Not aching Interesting. <laughs> yeah, John is always shaking his leg and I like smack it <laughs> to point it out to them. That's anyway funny. anyway so tangent beverly outlet so there is a documentary called the beverly outlet tapes and it's on sky crime which i don't know what that is must be a british thing yeah it's about her conviction and the murdering of several children in 1993 so beverly outlet was a pediatric nurse in lincolnshire hospital um and other hospitals which we'll talk about later she attempted to murder 13 children who were admitted for minor injuries and was successful in murdering four children. She was convicted of murdering four children, attempted to murder three other children, and caused bodily harm to six more children mm-hmm. over a period of only 59 days. That's yeah. not a lot of time. No, yeah. Between it's like February, day after day after yeah. day she's doing stuff. Between February and April of 1991. Let's do sources really quick. Yeah, so I use biography.com strictly. <laughs> Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's easy. <laughs> I used Wikipedia. Uh-huh. I used the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, 5th oh. edition. Oh, DSM-5. <laughs> DSM-5. Murderpedia. Mm-hmm. And a journal article written by... <sighs> some names here. Ezra <laughs> Osgen Unau. Mm-hmm. Obviously not an American written journal. Yeah. Vokan <laughs> Unau. Ali Gol. Mustava Celtic. Bezot... Deacon and Ibrahim Val, Val- <laughs> I can't say it. Was this in English? <laughs> it was in English. But the uh, if you're curious, because I can't say yeah. all these names, the title is called Is Serial Munchausen Syndrome by Proxy? Ooh. Foreshadowing. For, yeah, foreshadowing. Um, I also used my own knowledge about medical things <laughs> and maybe Googled some things, but don't know the site. <laughs> I, I like new things, but then I was like, I'm going to double check to make yeah, sure I say yeah. the right thing. Because um, this is a nurse. Well, she wasn't even a nurse. She was like... Technically. She never like got certified. She was employed as a state enrolled nurse. Mm-hmm. So I looked up what that was. Okay. So in the UK, you can be trained within two years. And it mm-hmm. was a more simplified version of the longer training that was needed to be 
a state registered nurse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she never so, like passed a test really to yeah. be a nurse. She's like a fake nurse. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, she's like Donald Harvey. She yeah. walked in. Yeah. <laughs> walked in was like, hey, want to be a nurse? They're like, all right, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, she wasn't, like, a, a real healthcare professional. Yeah, she, I have that. She was taken on a temporary six-month contract at Grantham and Kesteven Hospital in Lincolnshire. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. she was just contracted for six months. Yeah, it's crazy. But This it's, is why we shouldn't allow people to be healthcare. This is 1991. Yeah. I like, know, recent. <laughs> like, like, can we, you know, maybe not have people working in the hospitals doing medical <laughs> stuff, not, like, gone to school? Yeah. Like, Come on. I know, for real. So, well, let's just jump into early life. She actually, unlike last week's person, has... I don't want to talk about it. I'll, <laughs> I'll pick very careful Our next Early week. life history. <laughs> I'll pick very careful next yes. week. It's okay. I just, I literally, I didn't pick careful. This could have been a crappy case. This is good one. I just, like, saw the name. Like, I was looking up, I think when we were looking up, like, Donald Harvey, and then it was like, also related and then it was like beverly out so then i like typed it in to save it and then this week we haven't done a woman yet so well we we there was a woman in last week's case but not like yeah and we did lizzie borden oh yeah i forgot about lizzie but she borden. technically wasn't, wasn't found guilty so yeah this is our first woman serial killer yes so all right all right okay first female serial killer that we are discussing not <laughs> ever <laughs> Sure, there's been many women serial killers the before only, her. The only woman serial killer to ever yeah. exist. <laughs> but she was the first woman to be convicted in England for murders, I'm pretty sure. Ever? Or serial killers. Ever? This is in yes. the 90s. Ever? Uh, yeah, let me see if I can find it before I... I'm calling BS. <laughs> I find it. Oh. Okay, I have it. So, for Beverly, it was the harshest sentence ever delivered to a female to commiserate the horrific suffering of her victims their fam- and their family. Oh, okay. So, just the harshest Okay, so sentence. she wasn't, like, the first one. Not the okay. first convicted, but the worst sentence they ever did for a female. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So, early life of Beverly. You want me to go? Or you yeah, want to go? go. Okay. Beverly was one of four children in her family. Mm-hmm. Early on in life, she was known to draw attention to herself by covering herself with bandages and casts and, like, ace bandages and never showing anyone the injuries that were under them and just, like, acting like she was injured. Mm -hmm. She became overweight as an early adolescent and also became increasingly attention-seeking and showing aggression towards others. She spent a lot of time at the hospital seeking medical attention for random physical ailments, such as having her appendix removed that was not inflamed Mm -hmm. at all. So, she got to the point where she was, like, so convincing that they took her appendix I out. I can't believe she convinced a surgeon yeah. to remove her appendix. I know. It's crazy. That's crazy. And I, like, I'm not super, I should be familiar with what was around at that time, like, medical-wise, but I'm sure they had. Well, this is also a different country. There yeah, There might be, true. like, different screeners and stuff. If they have ultrasound, like, or. I'm, I'm pretty sure England has ultrasound. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> they could have been able to tell if it was. Uh... Yeah, it's weird. Uh, like a ruptured or enlarged um the appendix scar was slow to heal and she kept insisting on interfering with the surgical scar so this is my first like tidbit of medical like information give it to me so patients can have delayed wound healing if they're overweight or have diabetes which Hmm. she isn't diagnosed at least that i saw with diabetes but because she is overweight she could just have delayed wound healing because of that but 
I believe that it's not healing correctly because she kept, like, messing with the wound. Oh, yeah. Because she wants it to last as long as possible. Yeah, exactly. So, she just kept messing with it, and that's why it took longer for the wound yeah. to heal. She could have gotten infections and stuff. And then this is where I put in, before I even read it, mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, I believe that we call, that she has what we call Munchausen syndrome, also known as factitious disorder now, but most people, like, know it as Munchausen syndrome from, like, the Gypsy Blanchard case. Yeah, that's what I just kept thinking about. Yeah. So, that's what people typically think about, but that was Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which Beverly also seems to have, as we'll see Mm -hmm. later on, but right now she's just showing symptoms of Munchausen syndrome, which is either pretending or actually, like, hurting yourself in some way to get attention Mm -hmm. and make you seem like you, Mm -hmm. you have, like, a disability or injuries or anything like that and by proxy is doing it to someone else yep so that's why gypsy blanchard her mother was doing things to her to make her seem sick yeah and needed medical attention she have more information on oh go ahead you know well that's like yeah that's a dsm diagnosis correct yeah so you know you were talking about munchausen syndrome it's now known as factitious disorder like you said Mm -hmm. so it's a dsm diagnosis which means if you don't know what the dsm is the dsm is is the book of classifications Mm -hmm. of all the mental disorders and ones that they're still researching Mm -hmm. which is you have to have a certain amount of this and this and this to be diagnosed yes thank you to have a mental Mm -hmm. disorder yeah so in the dsm-5 there is factitious disorder imposed on self which is what you were saying which is what she had and then factitious disorder imposed on another So, Mm -hmm. which is what Gypsy Rose Blanchard's mom had. Yeah. So, basically, to be diagnosed with factitious disorder imposed on self, you have to have a falsification of physical or psychological signs or symptoms or induction of injury or disease associated with identified deception. So, Mm -hmm. you're obviously decepting people and lying to them and being like, oh, I think I have this, like her Mm -hmm. appendix. Yeah. Where I'm sure the doctor was like, you don't, but okay. The individual has to present himself or herself as ill, injured, or impaired. The deceptive behavior is evident even in the absence of obvious external rewards. So, like, she knows that mm-hmm. she's BSing around, but... Yeah. And that it's it can't be explained by another mental disorder, such as delusional disorder or another psychotic disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that makes me think of illness anxiety disorder, which is a yeah. completely different thing. Yeah, like, those people actually... 100% believe that there's something wrong with yeah, them. Yeah, illness, anxiety disorder is what you hear about, like, mm-hmm. having hypochondriasis, yeah. your hypochondriac. Yeah. Um, completely different thing. Yes. And then fictitious disorder imposed on another is the same thing, except you're doing it to a victim. You're doing it to the other person. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it's important to differentiate that the person who is victimizing has the diagnosis, not the victim. Yeah. So Gypsy Rose wouldn't have... Mm-hmm the diagnosis her mom would Mm -hmm. and this is commonly with mothers and their biological children i learned that Mm -hmm. which is interesting it's it's very rare yeah that's why it's so hard to spot Mm -hmm. um the incidence rate is 0.4 out of 100,000 children under the age of 16 Mm -hmm. and then 2 to 2.8 per 100,000 children under one year old it's rare Mm -hmm. so i think it's really hard to spot yeah and signs of it are like transferring physicians. Yep. Um, like a lot. Doctor shopping. Yeah, and... doctor shopping, asking for medications that aren't needed, or having the child like not be able to speak for themselves if they're old enough. Yeah. 
things like that. Like, at least in healthcare, that's what we look out for for yeah. patients. Good insight. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I'm so almost mental health professional. Yeah. A few more months. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Beverly eventually became a nurse, but technically didn't have a degree for nursing. Like we said earlier, it's kind of like a fast track. Um, she started to work on a train, but had suspicious behavior, <laughs> such as smearing feces on the walls. What? <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. And then, um, she also didn't come into work often because of a string of random illnesses she would say she had. She got a boyfriend, but then they broke up because he said that Beverly was aggressive, manipulative, and deceptive. During their relationship, she claimed false pregnancy, rape, and other things before he ended the relationship. It's definitely hard to be in a relationship with someone that does that. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. So, um... Despite her not passing her nursing exam, she was given a six-month contract at the chronically understaffed Grant Ham and Kesteven Hospital in Lincolnshire in 1991. Again, why? Yeah. Stop doing that. (laughs) Don't do that. Um, And then she began to work at the children's ward, which is probably the worst place to put someone that doesn't have any uh, certifications for anything. I feel like this is the same same vibe as don't touch the mummy. Yeah. (laughs) Don't contract people who don't have yeah. medical and licenses <laughs> don't marry serial killers stop it <laughs> yeah. it's not hard it's not hard to it's do not dif- don't touch the mummy don't marry serial killers knowingly yeah <laughs> and don't hire medical people who don't have the correct yeah. licenses <laughs> just don't just don't do it maybe just don't maybe do maybe it we'll get through to people <laughs> All right, and um, where she worked, there was only two trained nurses on during the day shift and one on the night shift, so that's why people believe she was able to get away with these violent acts, Mm because there was really no supervision or anyone training her. So, yeah, and this uh, violent and and attention-seeking behavior went undetected for a long time. Yep. So, now we have the crime. Let's go. Let's go. So, Liam Taylor was seven weeks old. I know. I put seven years on accident, and then I reread it. I was like, no, that's seven months. Seven oh, seven weeks. weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. He was admitted to the ward for a chest infection and was murdered on February 22nd, 1991. The next victim was Timothy Hardwick, who was 11. He had cerebral palsy, and he was admitted to the ward after having an epileptic seizure, and he was killed on March 5th, 1991. And then we had Becky Phillips, who was two months old. She was admitted to the ward for gastroenteritis. Thank you. Mm-hmm. On <laughs> that was a big word. <laughs> on April first, nineteen ninety one, she was administered an insulin overdose by Alit and died at home two days later. And her death was originally believed to have been caught death. Oh. Caught death is crib death. It's the sudden, unexplained death of a child of less than one year of age. It requires that the death remains unexplained even after thorough autopsy and detailed death scene investigation. Mm. So really, they didn't know what caused it. Right. And then we have Claire Peck, who was 15 months old. She was admitted to the ward following an asthma attack on April 22nd, 1991. She was put on a ventilator and was left alone in Alex's care for a short period of time where she went into cardiac arrest. She was resuscitated but died after a second episode of cardiac arrest. Again, following a period where she was left alone with Alec. It's a trend. <laughs> yeah. Then we have Kaylee Desmond, who was one years old. One years old. One year old. <laughs> one year. Yeah. She was admitted to the ward for a chest infection. She was, um, Alec attempted to murder her on March 8th of 91. 
but she was resuscitated and transferred to another hospital, thank God, where mm-hmm. she recovered. And then we have Paul Crampton, who was five months old. He went to the ward for a chest infection on March 20th of 91. Allett attempted to murder him with an insulin overdose on three occasions mm-hmm. the day before he was transferred to another hospital where he recovered. Bradley Gibson was five years old. He was uh, admitted to the ward for pneumonia. He suffered two cardiac arrests on March 21st, 1991, due to Allett administering, again, an insulin overdose. And then he was transferred to another hospital where he recovered. And then we have Michael Davidson, who was six years old, administered to the ward for post-operative care following an operation to remove an air rifle pellet that he had been injured with in an accident. He was, again, injected with insulin multiple times through a cannula. Is that what it's called? Cannula. Cannula. (laughs) Cannula. (laughs) A cannula on his hand. He suffered from cyanosis. Cyanosis, Thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. That's like loss of oxygen, like when they turn blue, like cyan is blue, so cyanosis. Ooh, Mm -hmm. tricky. Yeah. Yeah, Nice. Um, He felt unconscious before being stabilized by other doctors on the ward, and he made a full recovery. Um, We also have, I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong, Yik Hung Chan. Mm -hmm. Um, He was also known as Henry. He was two years old at the time. He was admitted to the ward uh, following a fall that he had on March 21st of 91. He suffered oxygen desaturation before he was transferred to another hospital where he recovered. Then we have Katie Phillips, who was two months old. This was Becky Phillips' twin, mm-hmm. admitted to the ward as a precaution following the death of her sister. She had to be resuscitated twice after unexplained... <laughs> What's that word? Apnoic. I think it's like non-breathing. Apnic. Apnic. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Apnic. <laughs> yeah. That's like... So sleep apnea is when you can't stop breathing when you're sleeping so that's like cessation of breathing nice yeah you just have to Tricky. associate it with things that people know <laughs> so anyway she had an apneic episode yeah. <laughs> which again insulin and potassium overdoses mm-hmm. um the second time she stopped breathing she was transferred to another hospital but this time she had suffered permanent brain damage partial paralysis and partial blindness due to oxygen deprivation her parents had been so grateful for Alice's care mm-hmm. of Becky that they had asked her to be Katie's godmother. Yep. That's crazy. In 1999, Katie was awarded 2.1 million in euros. euros <laughs> I don't know. There? Yeah, I don't know what the the conversion rate is. A lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> in British money. By Lincolnshire Health Authority to pay for treatment and equipment for the rest of her life. Lincolnshire Health Authority did not accept liability, but did acknowledge that Katie was entitled to compensation. So those are all the victim, and these crimes were super heinous mm-hmm. because Alec would befriend the families of the victims. Yeah. yeah. So she would, like, befriend the families and yeah. the parents. I mean, they made her the godmother. Yeah, that's crazy. I know. To think about, like, especially what the mom thinks after she's arrested for all this stuff. Hate this woman. Yeah. So I was going to dive a little deeper into some of the the cases i believe i don't have everyone listed okay um so if i have any contradicting information to Kara, i'm sorry it's from a different website i got mine from wikipedia and you know wikipedia is always right always always right i got mine from biography.com so like Kara said on february 21st 1991 her first victim was seven week old see i have seven month old but seven week old liam taylor 
So Liam was admitted to the children's ward with a chest infection, which that could be pneumonia. It could be like bronchitis. Um, it could be a bunch of things that are treatable, mm-hmm. treatable illnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, Beverly went out of her way to reassure his parents that he was in capable hands and persuaded them to go home to get some rest that night. When the parents returned, Beverly told them that Liam had suffered a respiratory emergency while they were gone, but he recovered. Beverly volunteered an extra night duty, so worked when she didn't have to, which how, is... How nice of her yeah, to volunteer for that extra shift. So She's nice. such a sweet person. Um, So she could watch over the boy, and the parents chose to also spend the night. So I was like, maybe they were suspicious, but who knows. For the first respiratory emergency, it's likely that Beverly caused this. Because it's not a coincidence Mm -hmm. that this happened, as we know. So Liam had another respiratory crisis just before midnight, and it felt like he would come through it satisfactorily. But for some reason, Beverly was left alone with the boy, and his condition worsened Mm -hmm. dramatically, which is suspicious, as we know. And then Liam became deathly pale and had red blotches on his face, and that is when Beverly finally summoned an emergency resuscitation team, which was a little too late. Beverly's colleagues were confused why there was no alarm earlier, and there's machines in the hospital that if the patient stops breathing, that the alarms go off, and the alarms weren't triggered, so they were like, huh, like, that's weird. Why didn't they go off when this kid stopped breathing? So Liam ended up suffering a cardiac arrest, which is not common for a seven-week-old, any infant, like, unless they have an underlying heart condition, which Mm -hmm. he didn't, and despite the best efforts, the team was not able to revive him. He suffered from brain damage and remained alive only with help of life support machines. On medical advice, Liam's parents decided to remove Liam from the life support and his death was recorded as a heart failure. Beverly was never questioned on how Liam died. I feel like that's weird. Yeah. Is that is it common if you're taking care of somebody in the hospital and they die just for like, you know, mm-hmm. natural causes they just die? Yeah. Does the medical team get questioned yeah i mean i'm not sure about quality of care or anything i haven't been in that situation yet personally but i'm sure there's some discussion of like what we could have like done right what 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 we could have done differently what we could have what we did wrong um because that's just in just cases where the patient doesn't die there they go through stuff like that like how could we have made it better like if they had complications so i'm sure there's some discussion of it but she also wasn't a real nurse so who knows if she would even be like included in that conversation yeah. they're just like oh she was basically a volunteer like sitting with him yeah because i'm just wondering if like because hospice care you, they're expected to die yeah so i could see why they wouldn't really be questioned mm-hmm. there but like if i go into surgery to let's say i don't know get my mm-hmm. tonsils out or something yeah something that isn't deadly mm-hmm. and then i die would that be common practice to have yeah like I a suspicious so. like question about mm-hmm. like what the heck happened yeah here? no yeah i think so there'd be like an investigation of like okay like i said like what we could have done differently or if there's underlying illnesses that could have caused that like oh a blood clot or like mm-hmm. oh this so especially in a children's ward you have to really think about why these kids are dying yeah. so it is hard i also don't know what precautions were like back then and mm-hmm. how different it was so i don't really know what yeah just curious. I don't, yeah. I don't know. And the also, it's a different country. Like, yeah. I don't know what their standards of care yeah. are. I just don't know the protocol. I don't know if that yeah. was like a common thing. Yeah. I mean, it is common to go over it and say, like, like I said, yeah. like what, what should we do. But yeah, I don't know. So, two weeks after Liam's death was the next victim. 
Timothy Hardwick, who is an 11-year-old with cerebral palsy, Mm -hmm. who was admitted following an epileptic fit on March 5th, 1991. So Beverly took over his care and again followed following a period of when she was alone with him. She summoned an emergency resuscitation team. The team found him without a pulse and blue, and despite the team's best efforts, which included a pediatric specialist um, on that team, they were unable to um, revive him. An autopsy later failed to provide an obvious case of death, although his epilepsy was officially blamed. So this one's kind of like an easier thing because they just blamed his epilepsy yeah. what he was in the hospital for then actually like looked into the case Mm -hmm. her third victim was one-year-old kaylee desmond who was admitted on march 3rd 1991 with a chest infection she seemed to be recovering well five days later with beverly in attendance kaylee went into cardiac arrest in the same bed where liam taylor died two weeks before i know that's sad yeah this time the resuscitation team was able to revive her and she was transferred to another hospital in Nottingham, where the physicians discovered an odd puncture wound under her armpit uh, mm. during a thorough examination. So they're like, what the heck? They also found air bubbles near the puncture marks. So something was, like, injected in there, hmm. um, which they attributed to an accidental accidental injection, and no investigation was warranted. What? Like, how do you accidentally inject someone's armpit with something? Did they just, like trip holding the needle out yeah especially a kid like what the heck a one-year-old it's definitely weird that they noticed it and it's like recorded but they didn't do anything about it five-month-old paul crampton became beverly's next victim all this what kara said i'm just going into more detail what what i found so he was placed on the ward march 20th in 1991 with a non-serious bronchial infection and just prior to discharge beverly who is with the patient by herself Summoned help as Paul appeared to be suffering from an insulin shock, going into a near coma on three separate occasions. Um, Each time the doctors revived him, they were unable to explain the fluctuation in his insulin levels. So, what the heck? That's obviously someone injected insulin into him. He was taken by an ambulance to another hospital, and guess what? Beverly went with him. (laughs) Isn't that weird? Wait, why? I don't know. She, like, went in the ambulance with him to a different hospital. So, he was again to have found too much insulin, but after Beverly didn't work at that hospital, so she had to end up leaving, Paul was extremely fortunate to have survived the angel of death and what she was trying to do to him. So, he survived, but, yeah. Weird. I'm like, why would you let this, why would you let her go with them? Yeah, like, aren't you working? Don't you have other things to do? <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like in her, her role, she's just like a volunteer, kind of, like, just keeps the kids company kind oh, of thing. Oh, how nice of her. I know, but, like, that's how suspicious. Nice of, how that... nice of her to volunteer her time <laughs> I with know. these kids. Exactly. Such a nice lady. <laughs> this one was, like, making my blood boil. I know. It makes you so, like, angry. And it makes you angry. Not even, at least for me. Obviously, I'm angry at her. Like, that's a terrible thing. But, like, with the hospital and stuff, like, yeah. how did you not notice this? How did you let someone that has, like, no right to be in the room with them, with with them. yeah and like gain the trust of the families yeah. and, and i like work with kids too so yeah. i'm like Ugh. yeah it's it's so so frustrating the kids can't do anything they have no idea like they can't fight her off or uh-uh. do anything so the next day after paul march 21st 1991 five-year-old bradley gibson a pneumonia sufferer went into unexpected cardiac arrest he was saved by the resuscitation team and blood tests showed that his insulin levels were too high again making no sense to the physicians 
Beverly was in attendance, and Bradley suffered another heart attack later that night. He was then transported to Nottingham, where he recovered. So, luckily, they're at least sending these kids away at this point. Like, okay, we can't take care of you. Go over there. That seems weird to me still, though. Yeah. Like, how they're just transferring them. It's almost like... I know. What kind? Not that, like, they knew, but, like... How can they just, like, be like, we can't take care of all these kids day after day? We're just going to transfer you somewhere else. Yeah. That just seems very, that seems, like, a little unethical to me. Yeah, and it's not even, like, it's, like, weeks in between. It's, like, each day they're transferring a kid that was under this woman's care. And if I'm the other hospital, hospital. I'd be like, hmm. And they found, like, the puncture wounds and stuff. And, like, I'd be like, what is going on at this hospital where all these kids' insulin levels are so high? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, obviously, like, it's not a pancreas issue. That's what makes your insulin. Like, they would... They would obviously look at the pancreas, Mm -hmm. I would think. Yeah. I'm no medical professional, (laughs) but... Yeah. So, I have this somewhere, but I guess I can say it now. If anyone's not familiar with insulin, or, like, insulin is what... So, type 1 diabetics have no insulin make, like, um... They can't make Production, Yeah. yeah. So, that's why they have to get put on insulin, which is, like, you'll see people with insulin pumps, and they just need, like, an external source of insulin. But if you inject someone that is making insulin, in, and you inject them with insulin, their glucose is going to get shuttled into the muscles. So, it takes t- takes glucose out of the blood and puts it into, like, tissues. So, then you're not having as much glucose in your blood, which is, you don't want too much, but you don't want too low. So these patients were having too low of blood sugar and having like hypoglycemic events, which can affect a bunch of things, affect your heart, affect your your liver, your kidney. So it can cause a whole bunch of problems. So that's what she was doing to these people because it's like a a little thing that she has to inject and it can cause all these issues for them. So despite the alarming alarming increase (laughs) in the incidence of unexplained health events, in the presence of Beverly, no suspicions were aroused, and she was able to continue her spree of violence. On March 22, 1991, two-year-old victim Yik Hung Chan turned blue and appeared in considerable distress when Beverly raised the alarm. So it's like, all these patients, she's eventually calling this team to resuscitate, but that's yeah. what Munchausen's or factitious disorder is. Like It's like calling attention. They want people to see, like, this person's in distress, like, come mm-hmm. help them. It's not like she she's like, oh, like, I just if she wanted them dead, she just wouldn't call the team. But no, she no, wants that, like, seeking. satisfaction of the attention and yeah, of like, you did what you could. Yeah. You called the team. Mm-hmm. You volunteer your time. You're yeah. so sweet. And that's why, like, she's befriending these families, too, mm-hmm. because they want they want she wants them to look at her as like this sweet nurse. Mm-hmm who is taking care of their children and thank you so much for all the help Mm -hmm. i'm gonna make you the godmother like that's what she wants that's the whole thing with factitious disorder it's attention seeking yeah that's all it is so yeah that's why it's like i feel like people can be confused like oh if she wanted to kill them like why would she call the resuscitation team or why would she like but that's that's the point Mm -hmm. of this disorder yeah it can also be like she doesn't want to be questioned like why didn't you call the team Mm -hmm. but like also like let's think like Donald Harvey he could he just killed people and like walked away from it and like oh well that's like, true so she could have just walked injected them walked away and just was like whatever happens happens that's true that's a good point so yeah it's like her being there and being like I called like I wanted to help them I just wanted to help them I could just yeah. like see her like fake crying like, yeah I just wanted to help them mm-hmm. so bad I know, I know. Ugh. Ugh. disgusting she just is gross yeah. 
So, um, Yik Hung Chan uh, responded well to oxygen therapy, but had another attack and was transferred to Nottingham where he recovered like the other victims. So, luckily, he was able to recover from it. Her next victims were Katie and Becky Phillips that were the twins. They were just two months old. They were being kept for observation as a premature deli- after a premature delivery. So, Becky had a bout of gastroenteritis, like Kara said, and was admitted to the ward on April 1st, 1991, and Beverly took over her care. So, Becky ended up having a hypoglycemic event, um, like I said, which is the decreased blood glucose, and she also went cold to the touch. But then Becky was sent home with her mother, so I'm, like, confused by that. Maybe it's wrong, but... It's weird that's like, oh, she has a little blood sugar. Just take her home. She'll be fine. <laughs> like, I don't know. Give her a piece of chocolate. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm two months old. So during, oh. yeah. <laughs> Give her some chocolate syrup some chocolate on a milk. spoon. <laughs> um, during the night, Becky went into convulsions and cried out in apparent pain. I guess she went into the hospital and a doctor suggested that she had colic, which is when a baby like cries excessively. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a lot of babies have that, so it's like not really something to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, the parents kept her in bed for observation, and then she died during the night. Despite the autopsy, the pathologist could find no clear cause of death, which is what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. That whatever it was, caught so, death, caught death. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Becky or Beverly was administering insulin to these patients. By the time the autopsies were conducted, though, there probably wasn't the insulin was probably yeah. already worked through. And they were normalized, so that's why they couldn't really find out what was going on. Um, the surviving twin, Katie, was admitted to um, Grantham as a precaution. And unfortunately for her, Beverly was, again, in attendance. Oh, no, she's the godmother. Yeah, of course. So it wasn't long before Katie needed resuscitation because she had stopped breathing. The efforts to revive Katie were successful, but two days later, she suffered a similar attack, which resulted in a collapse of her lungs. Following another revival effort, she was transferred to Nottingham, where she was found to have five broken ribs, in addition to have suffered br- serious brain damage from oxygen deprivation. So, what did they think the five broken I ribs know, were I know. I don't know. I'm like, you had to have done, like, some history. Like, did the mom drop her? Like, you would ask these questions. Yeah. And, like, obviously the mom would be like, no, I don't, I didn't drop her. I didn't, like. You don't just wake up with five broken ribs. Like, yeah. something happens. Yeah, so, and then she, even though, like, Katie survives, she has this brain damage now because she didn't have oxygen. Beverly broke her ribs or whatever it was, like, it's just crazy. So, like you said, Sue Phillips, who was the mother, made her, Beverly the godmother. Hmm. And Katie ended up having partial paralysis, cerebral palsy, and sight and hearing damage after all that. It's crazy. Pissed. I know. I hate this person. I know. It's terrible. So, four more victims followed. After the high incidence of unexplained attacks and otherwise healthy patients, Beverly attendance during these incidents finally caused suspicion. <laughs> so, no. be- yeah. Beverly's violence spree was brought to an end with the death of 15 month old Claire Peck mm-hmm. on April 22nd, 1991. Claire was an asthmatic who required a breathing tube. While in Beverly's care for only a few minutes, the infant suffered a heart attack. Weird, right? Right. The reception, the resuscitation team revived her successfully, but again, when she was alone with Beverly, she suffered a second attack and she couldn't be revived. So, 
I could talk a little bit about the heart attack thing. So that's the potassium overload. Mm -hmm. So like your heart has a sodium potassium pump and that's what helps the heart like the electrons go in and out and are able to not the electrons. What am I saying? The like the molecules. Like we're doing atoms now. (laughs) Well, the molecules of sodium and potassium like pump in and out of Mm -hmm. the cells and that's how your heart beats. So if you have an excess of one of them, it's going to cause your heart to, like, go crazy a little bit. So people with arrhythmias and stuff, that's, like, a problem with the sodium and potassium. So if you're injecting potassium, and that's why they don't want people to have – they check blood work for potassium levels on people that have, like, cardiac issues Mm -hmm. to make sure, like, if you have excess potassium, like, either in your diet or a drug that you're taking. So by injecting this, they're mess. She's messing with these, like, kids' hearts, and that's how they can go into, like, a heart attack. I know. It's crazy. But you have to have some level of knowledge, like, going into it that that would cause Yeah, I mean, she did go to nursing school. Yeah. She just didn't pass. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, an autopsy of Claire indicated that she had died from natural causes, but an inquiry, inquiry was initiated by a consultant at the hospital, Dr. Nelson Porter. Good job, Dr. Porter. <laughs> whoop, whoop. So, I believe that's a male, so I'm going to say he, but I'm sorry if it's a female. He was alarmed by the high number of cardiac arrests over mm-hmm. the previous two months in the children's ward, which, because that's extremely unlikely mm-hmm. for kids to have these cardiac arrests. Right. So, a test revealed high level of potassium in Claire, and that resulted in the police being summoned 18 days later because the baby shouldn't have a high potassium level. They have minimal diet. They're drinking, like, either breast milk or formula. Yeah. So, she shouldn't have that level of potassium. So, the police superintendent assigned to the investigation, Stuart Clifton, suspected foul play, and he examined the other suspicious cases that occurred in the previous two months. He found inordinately high doses of insulin, which we already discussed, and the further evidence revealed that Beverly reported the key missing to the insulin refrigerator. So she stole the insulin key and then reported it missing. <laughs> if you could see my face right now. <laughs> like, that's dumb to do anyway, but yeah. So all records were checked. Parents of the victims were interviewed and a security camera was installed. So then suspicions were raised on records checked of missing daily nursing logs that corresponded to the time period when Paul Crampton had been in the ward. On 25 suspicious episodes with 13 victims were identified, four of whom were dead. The only common factor was the presence of Beverly. So, that's... Doesn't take... You don't have to have a ton of police work. Yeah, I know. To To put it together. "Hmm." So, yeah, that's finally what made her get caught was Claire's cardiac arrest. Took long enough, but finally at least one doctor realized that this stuff was suspicious. Yeah, something was happening. So, now... We can go on to the trial. So, because four victims had died, she was charged with four counts of murder, 11 counts of attempted murder, and 11 counts of causing grievous bodily harm, which is, to, is a fancy way of saying the severest form of battery. Mm-hmm. She pleads not guilty yeah. to all of the charges. Again. Oh, I'm so innocent. If you Why could see my that? face. Yeah. Because you know she just wanted to go to trial, mm-hmm. have all that attention. Yeah. I know. At this point, it's like she didn't even care if she got caught because then it's just like more attention mm-hmm. on her. Yep. So on May 28th, 1993, she was found guilty on each charge and sentenced to 13 concurrent terms of life imprisonment 
at Rampton Secure Hospital in Nottingshire, which is a psychiatric hospital. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't even true jail, true prison. So this is what happened. Mm -hmm. In a 2018 documentary called Trevor McDonald and the Killer Nurse, she reportedly told close friends before her trial that she would never go to prison. So one week after she was in prison, she had to get sentenced to prison, mm-hmm. she refused to eat or drink and was moved to the Rampton Secure Hospital. So uh, two leading experts, forensic psychologist Jeremy Coy and criminologist Elizabeth Yardley, examined her mental state when she was arrested and concluded that she was not mentally ill and should be in prison and not a hospital. Of course. Two professionals. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's doing this stuff on purpose. Like, she's purposely... Mm-hmm faking illnesses so i mean like i understand that fictitious disorder is a mental yeah, disorder yeah. but it's I, like self self inflicted disorders like factitious isn't but like all the other disorders are so i i mean i don't think it warrants to be in a mental hospital if you did these crimes like maybe if you didn't commit as many crimes or just did it to yourself like if she was like didn't hurt anyone else and it was just like herself like saying like i have this i have this like okay yeah go you should go to like a mental institution Mm -hmm. not when you killed kids like it's ridiculous yep so the minimum term she was required to serve is 30 years before coming eligible for parole Mm -hmm. so 30 years is coming up in two years she's still alive if anyone's curious yep um because you know you know she don't want to go to jail because she's a child killer yeah she would not have made it long in jail Mm-mm. yeah especially exactly. i mean i know she's like in britain but i'm gonna assume britain's jails are kind of like our mm-hmm. jails where like if you do anything to kids yeah you're done yeah someone's coming after yeah, you yeah you're done yeah so this was i thought this was interesting while she was in this mental hospital she of course had so many illnesses come up like oh like i'm sick whatever blah 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 Apparently, while she awaited her trial, she was rapidly losing weight and developed anorexia nervosa, which is, uh, people say, so when you say anorexia by itself, that just means loss of appetite. Anyone can have anorexia, technically. Like, if I'm sick and don't want to eat because I'm throwing up, that's technically classified as anorexia. Mm-hmm. Anorexia nervosa is, like, in, in the DSM-5, mm-hmm. and that is a disorder where someone's looking at themselves, not happy with their body, not eating purposely mm-hmm. because... Oh, exercising excessively. Yeah, exercising yeah. excessively, doing things because they are like, I'm fat, I need to lose weight. That's like their mind, that's what's going on in yeah. their mind. Yeah, that's a mental so, thing. Yeah. yeah, so she got diagnosed with this, but in my opinion, I don't think she actually has it. I feel like she's so like in this factitious disorder that she is like making herself seem like she has anorexia nervosa Mm -hmm. but she apparently lost 70 pounds which is a lot of weight but if you have that mindset that you're gonna like not eat i'm sure she could do it so uh yeah so it's just weird because you you don't want to say like oh she doesn't have that but like she doesn't have a lot of things that she no i know what you're saying she has no i know what you're saying um she also for her trial had numerous delays due to illnesses um, and she used the air quotes yeah, illnesses. illnesses yeah beverly demonstrated symptoms of munchausen's like we said factitious disorder munchausen's and munchausen by proxy and was exhibiting these symptoms post-arrest behavior and a high incidence of illnesses during the trial so the jury 
kind of was like, okay, she the trial was delayed because of these illnesses she kept having. Mm-hmm. And she only came to, like, certain, like, she didn't even come to all her trials because of, like, certain illnesses. So, like, the jury mm-hmm. was, like, helped to convince them, like, okay, she actually has this Munchausen. I just thought it was interesting that she didn't even, like, come to all her trials because of these illnesses. illnesses. <laughs> Air quotes. The jury ended up convicting her based on that, and that's why she was sent to the the high security mental facility where she's still at yes so recently there have been accusations but uh most notably chris taylor who is the father of the first victim liam Mm -hmm. he said that the rampton where she's staying is more like a butland's holiday camp than a prison the facility which has 1400 staff members to deal with 400 inmates costs taxpayers around 3,000 per week per inmate to to like have them in there so it's just like so he's like pissed because he's like why am i paying taxes for this woman that killed my child to be in this nice facility for mental health and like i understand putting people who commit crimes in mental hospitals Mm -hmm. if they are yeah mentally ill yeah i understand yes but with her she should be in prison yeah and especially like his child died because of her and now he is paying this money for her to live lo- like a luxury mm-hmm. life in this place instead of being in prison where she belongs like i can't imagine yeah i like, can't thinking imagine about that. that and to make it even worse most recently oh well actually in 2001 there was a report she was going to marry a fellow inmate at, at uh, the mental facility mark Hague, but don't she's... marry serial killers <laughs> but she's currently single now so i don't think it went through and then and in 2005 mirror newspaper inquiry said that this is just ridiculous. She Beverly received forty thousand dollars in state benefits since her incarceration in nineteen ninety three. For what? I don't. I don't even know what that means. Like because she's not in prison, she's in this state, like this mental facility. She gets like state benefits. So like she incurred, concurred, incurred. I don't know what the right right word is. She got forty thousand dollars throughout that time she's in there for like her state benefits. Isn't that crazy? So and then in August, so I know, in August 2006, Beverly applied for a review of her sentence, which led to probation services having to contact victim families again. So it's like she applied for this and then the victims have families have to go through this whole thing again. And Beverly still remains in Rampton today. So, yeah, that's it's crazy. It sucks. I, I'm so mad. I know. And I don't know what what the jury, not jury, what the justice system is like yeah, there. No so it's hard for me to comment on differences they could have made in the case. But <laughs> so I'm so mad. It makes you angry. It's I mean, it's sad. Like a lot of cases that children are the victims are women. Like yeah. it's whether it's their own mother or whether, mm-hmm. like it's just so sad that women, of all people, like. No offense to men, but women carry children. Like, yeah, we're supposed to be like nurturing. Yeah, have that natural motherly mm-hmm. instinct. Yeah, and they and they're the ones that like commit the most crimes against children. That's crazy. I'm so mad. I know. That's I'm why I think so it's so so mad that she lived in like a luxury place, mm-hmm. got forty thousand dollars for just. Mm-hmm. I just mm. and is still able to just do these like illnesses to be like have this attention from illnesses that she doesn't have. 
I'm a little mad we're doing her because we're just giving her more attention. I know. It is. But it's like, it's good for people to know that that women commit these crimes too. And it's sad. It's mostly sad just because like when we do, if we ever, I'm sure we'll do women in the future too. It's Mm -hmm. like children that they go after. And it's, that's the most frustrating thing is when you're like, children are dying from these people that don't deserve to die. And not that anyone deserves to die, but like. Especially somebody who can't fight back mm-hmm. yeah don't know what's going on like i'm just I'm yeah just sick so, yeah so that's beverly pick, Taylor. <laughs> makes everyone angry great pick now yeah. i'm pissed it's 2 p.m in the afternoon <laughs> and i'm mad the rest of the day yeah i know especially since i have to write a paper after this <laughs> that's that's why i know it's sad and crazy but it's frustrating just let it simmer <laughs> i'm just gonna just sit here i'm trying to think <laughs> Who I want to do next week. I haven't decided yet. Yeah. I'll try to not pick a boring one like episode seven. <laughs> no, it's fine. It was fine. Well, Obviously, it wasn't that bad. Brandy emailed us. <laughs> oh, my God. Brandy. I, like, told her because she told me that she only listened to the first two and mm-hmm. then it, like, was a while. Then she started binging it. Mm-hmm. And so she screenshotted episode seven, like, on her phone. And I said, that's not that's not a good episode. <laughs> Like, it's probably our weakest one. No. I mean, our first one's our weakest oh, one. I tried to listen to our first one, and I couldn't. I was like, this is so awful. <laughs> and then once we get to, like, episode 100, we'll be like, oh, my gosh, episode 8. That was terrible. <laughs> oh, well. Well, we can get better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess we could get worse, but. We could get worse. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's true. It's a roller coaster here. We could get worse. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, once we start getting, if anyone wants to sponsor us, we'll get better equipment. <laughs> Quip toothbrush, we're yet. We else? both use you. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? What's well, a good? I will also accept Starbucks. Yeah, Starbucks. We get Starbucks and Chipotle. <laughs> oh yeah, we get Chipotle almost every yeah. time. The Thai that... food place near my house. <laughs> Just that family-owned Thai food place. I'll like tell them next time I go, I'll be like, I have a podcast. If you want to sponsor us, <laughs> we eat your food. <laughs> I'd be like, um, no. I'd be like, how many listeners do you have? I'll be like, two? <laughs> eight. <laughs> <laughs> I think last time I checked, we had eight subscribers. But not everyone that listens technically subscribes. Right. So, subscribe if you haven't already. Plus, I think I'm one of those subscribers. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> Your mom is probably one. Yeah. Yeah. And Brandy. <laughs> I don't know if Brandy subscribes. Subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> I'm going to quote Jenna Marbles. Make sure you smash yeah. that dislike button. <laughs> What is someone says on YouTube? Is it Jenna Marbles? There's like subscribe to my channel. I put out new videos, videos every, every Wednesday slash Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was Jenna Marbles when yeah. she was making videos. I know. Where is she? I thought she would come back in the new year, but she didn't. I miss her. I do too. I still follow Julian. I don't watch as many of his videos, but I follow him on social media. His cool tattoos he gets. He just got a tattoo on his butt. He did. Yeah, for charity. It. Did he post it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I mean, you don't see his whole butt. But, but you see the tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. He did it for Darn, charity. No whole butt. <laughs> he did it for charity because I think on his Twitch stream, he said that if a certain amount of money was raised for mm-hmm. some charity organization, he would get a tattoo on his mm. butt. So, of course, everyone was like, we want to yes. see you get a tattoo on your butt. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should do that for the podcast. <laughs> I feel like that Office episode where they have to make their quota for the quarter. Mm-hmm. And so, Andy... Um, do you remember this? It's like in the I later seasons. Yeah. So like Andy's like, 
I will get a tattoo on my butt of your choice if we make this quota. So then everyone starts working harder <laughs> and he starts to get really nervous. Yeah. And so they get him a little Nardog tattoo. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like, it's a Nardog. <laughs> Cute little tattoo. We should do that. <gasps> we should do it one day where I'm we not pick tattoo each other's my, uh, tattoos. I'm not getting a tattoo on my butt. No. <laughs> no. But like you, each of us pick a tattoo okay. for one another and can't look at it until after. Okay. Here's the problem. <laughs> We have such. I know. I know. Tastes. We know each other's tastes. I know your taste. <laughs> you gave me that look. Like, I know your taste. When Taylor was planning her wedding, she was like, "Oh, look at these invites. Which ones do you like?" And I picked out the ones that she hated, <laughs> and I took out the ones that she liked. Yeah. And then she screenshotted one and was like what do you think of these and i was like mm, i'm not really so sure and she goes okay well i just ordered them and i was <laughs> I ordered like them already. oh they look great <laughs> yeah but that's different like we just have different tastes yeah like we'll you're like <laughs> like your wedding was very like plant-based and yeah. life and earthy and mine's gonna be dark <laughs> and and in the winter yeah, and halloween themed. it's not gonna be halloween themed. <laughs> That'd be fun, though. I just make yeah. everyone dress up in costume. Yeah. That is. I saw someone on Facebook did, a, like, a Michael Myers-themed one. Don't tell Kyle that. He'll jump all over it. <laughs> like, in their wedding pictures, they literally had, like, Michael Myers, like, in the back. Oh, my God. Like, of some of them. <laughs> that's actually really I know. funny. I'll have to show you. But, yeah, it was funny. I'm like, that's cool if you like. Like, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that for a wedding. it's, like, but... cool if you yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Different. Mine's going to have, like, dark colors. Yeah, going to make me wear black, but... I no, like. No, I'm not gonna have you wear black. Oh, okay. Well, you told me I was. I like black dresses though. So, red dresses though. That's my color. Burgundy. Stop. I'm doing burgundy. <laughs> Blue, red, and black are my colors. I think for dresses. And then <laughs> last night we were talking. I wore a red dress last night, and John like liked it because he likes me in red dresses. Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. So, um, he was like, <laughs> he's like, but it doesn't beat your prom dress. He's like, he's like, I'll rate. Your prom dress first, and then your homecoming dress that was black second, and then your the dress you wore last night there. I said, what about my wedding yeah, dress? Yeah, where's your wedding dress? <laughs> He's like, oh, well, that's like on a different scale. Because <laughs> my, my next, like, that was going to be my question. Yeah. Was, where's your wedding dress? I'm like, thanks, John. <laughs> you like my prom dress more, probably. <laughs> you should have just wore your prom dress. I know. Because it was red and tight. Of course he liked it. And I was way skinnier back then. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. It's true. I mean, Shut who up. isn't skinnier in high school than right now besides you? You're like the same size. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> but like, I feel like everyone gains weight after high school because your metabolism just goes down. <laughs> it's like as soon as you graduate and you yeah. move the tassel over, your metabolism's like, I'm shutting off Here. now. I'm done. You can't eat junk food every day. <laughs> Well, I also didn't go away to college. Yeah. So you, you know, would buy snacks eat, yeah. and eat and eat. Yeah, the, the dorm hall. Well, like my stuff. thing was like, Dad, you ate the same as like. Dad, always. what are you, what are you <laughs> making for dinner tonight, Dad? Yeah, you had the same like diet as you did before. Yeah. Like thanks oh, for well. thanks for dinner, Dad. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for making me dinner. Once I get my Peloton, I'm like, oh, if I get the stimulus check, I'll get Peloton. Well, All right. Yeah, I don't know who I'm picking next week, but. Well. I'm hoping Figure it out. Hopefully it'll it'll be better than last week's. <laughs> it'll be fine. Stafford. It'll be fine. Better than Stafford. Yeah. Oh well. Yep. It's over. 
follow us on Instagram at a latte murder or send us an email. Brandy, you're also welcome to keep sending us emails <laughs> at a latte murder at gmail.com. And we will talk to you guys next week. See you later. Thank you for listening. Keep drinking that caffeine. Yep. Caffeine it up. Oh, yeah. And we'll see you next week. Okay. For a latte, more fun. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>